You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Revelation chapter 14, and then continue to be in prayer for uh, Brother Davis with his health. And there's a lot of people that I did not mention on this prayer list that need our prayers. And so be in prayer for Brother Davis with his health, Christina Cook as she is dealing with cancer, uh, Brother Jeff as he has health issues, Brother JC uh, just dealing with Crohn's. There's, there are a lot of people uh, that have some very real needs. Uh, Brother, Brother Andy, uh, dealing still with leukemia and uh, had, had a lot of uh, good reports, but uh, there, there are a lot of needs. Brother Bill's dad uh, just went on hospice. And so, uh, so, so many people have real needs. And, and so just be, a, uh, be mindful about that when you're praying. Uh, Lord tells us we're to come before him with supplication. Uh, intercessions, giving of thanks, uh, prayers for all men. So uh, a lot, lot of people that have needs, so uh, be in prayer for them. All right, Revelation chapter number 14, and we are going to be in verses 1 through 5 tonight. I don't think we'll get any farther than that, uh, but uh, Revelations chapter 14, this last week as we were uh, completing uh, chapter 13, uh, I finished off on verse number 17, and I did not get to verse number 18. And Brother Frank later said, why didn't you go to verse 18? And I said, what do you mean eight, verse 18? And, and when, I was, when I was doing my notes, I stopped at verse 17 as though verse 17 was the end of the chapter. Uh, and that was just so comical. And so we've got to finish off chapter number 13 here. So look back at verse number 18. And uh, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. You know, the number of the beast, the, the beast, the Antichrist, the false prophet, Satan, it's not a joking matter. It is nothing for believers to take lightly. Now, I'm thankful that we get out of chapter 13, we get into chapter 14, and now you have some hope. Uh, you get to see some good. You see a whole lot of bad in the first parts here. But, uh, but in chapter 13, it finishes up uh, with the uh, mark of the beast and with the number of the beast, 666, 666 is the number of the beast. Now, God's people... Nobody here, of course, but oftentimes Christian, Christians take spirit, spiritism very lightly, as though it's not real, and it's real. It's real. The spirit world is a real thing, and we've got we've to recognize that. But it's not something to joke about. It's not something to take lightly. Now, does the devil have an agenda? 
Does he have an agenda? He does. He's got an agenda. And what he does, he does very skillfully. You know, he wants to be as God. He wants worship. And I want to just point something out. Years ago, uh, Brother Al, Brother Al Ludwig came to me and, and brought, brought this up. Uh, and I, I want you to see something. Let's go to that first slide. All right, what is that? It's a monster energy drink. Now, let me tell you something. The marketing here is not accidental. It is not accidental. They say, well, these are just the claws of the beast. Well, first, what beast are we talking about? Okay, all right. So it's called a monster. And then later it says, unleash the beast. Okay, so let's go to that next slide. All right. So those right there, those are those marks, those symbols, they are not just marks. Those are numbers. Go to the next slide here. The Hebrew number, and you can't see it probably there. Can you see it? All right, good. I'm glad your eyes are better than mine. The Hebrew number six is Vav. Those symbols are numbers. That's not accidental. So you have the three marks. It's called a monster energy drink. The phrase that they use is unleash the beast. It's not casual. This is not something that's casual. I'm sorry? It's very blatant. Go to the next slide. So the monster energy drink. Now on the, uh, the O there, the O is closed with a cross. This is not a spirit, this is not a spiritual thing. What happens when you drink a can? You turn the cross upside down. You know, the devil, he's, he's real. And Monster Energy Drink, they came out and said, oh no, this, this has nothing to do with, that's not a vav. That's just, it's just a mark. Yeah, it's a mark, all right. But we, we have to realize the devil is real. And the spirit world is a very real world. And we've, we've got to be aware of it. Don't participate in that. Don't support that. Don't support that. If nothing else, 
It is very questionable. If that isn't a vav, and it is, and if the monster is just some zombie somewhere, and if unleash the beast has nothing to do with Satanism in the spirit world, there's an awful lot of ifs there. They did not put all this together accidentally. And, you know, we, we just need to, we need to be aware. We are in a battle. The number of the beast is 666. And you know what? There are a lot of people that are going to take that mark. But if we don't even believe that the spirit world is real, we just float through life and, oh, it's no big deal. Oh, pastor's making a big deal out of nothing. Okay. We'll see. We've got, we've got, to, be, we've got to be cautious. So uh, don't identify or support that which is evil or questionable. All right, now let's go to chapter 14. All right, uh, everybody smile. It's all right. Okay, so chapter number 14, look at verse number one. Uh, Revelation 14, verse 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, and with him an hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among them, being firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb." And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight as we look at your word. I pray that you'd help us to be challenged and strengthened. I pray that you would help us to uh, just to be encouraged when we think about the blessings uh, that we are going to get to see. Uh, Lord, there are so many blessings we get to enjoy now, uh, let alone the blessings that are uh, for us prepared hereafter. And so I pray that you'd help us tonight. Uh, Lord, you know the need of each heart. Help us, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. All right, so here we're going to look at the 144,000 here in uh, Revelations chapter number 14. Now, in Revelation 14, some commentators say that it is basically a summary of, of some things that are getting ready to be detailed uh, in more depth or revealed in more depth in later chapters. And so uh, it's just a little bit of a snapshot of what is going to be uh, seen and addressed later in chapters uh, to come. Uh, but as we look at this, I want you to, uh, we're just going to run through these first five verses here. Uh, as we look at this 144,000, I want you to, uh, the first thing we're going to see here is the singers in heaven. Uh, the singers in heaven. Look at verse number one. 
The Bible says, and I looked, and lo, and lo, a lamb stood on the mount of Zion, and with him an hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in uh, their foreheads. So these singers, as we're looking at this group of people that are there, uh, I want you to see, first of all, the lamb. Uh, the Lord is present. Uh, I looked and, behold, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion. And this is, uh, this is the Lord. We see the Savior of the singers. Uh, that's the Lord. Uh, he, is, he is the one that everything revolves around. You know, in life, uh, everything should revolve around the Lord. When we get to heaven, everything's going to revolve around him. You know what? Right now, everything should revolve around him as well. Whether you're a teenager here tonight, or whether you are uh, a single adult, whether you are married, whether you are a senior, no matter where you are at in life, the Lord should be the center of our life. Everything should revolve around him. And, and here, the savior of these singers, these singers, of course, are the 140 and 4,000. Uh, but uh, we see here the savior of the singers. Then we see the sight of the singers. Here he says that it was on Mount Zion. All right, Mount Zion, Zion is Mount Zion, which is Jerusalem. Uh, the Lord is coming back. And uh, when he comes back, his second coming, uh, we are anticipating the next thing on the prophetic clock would be the rapture. Uh, the Lord is going to call the saved. The dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, and we shall uh, be with him forever uh, in the air. We shall uh, be with him, and that's going to be a great day. Uh, but uh, after that seven-year tribulation period, we're coming back. And the Lord's going to Mount Zion. And he is going to establish, uh, after some other events that we'll deal with, he's going to establish uh, his kingdom down here on earth. And everything is going to start from Zion. That is, that's the, uh, the point that he is going to set up uh, his kingdom during the millennial reign. Uh, so the site uh, of the singers is, is going to be Zion. You know, the Lord is victorious. Chapter 13, we looked at the two beasts. And you look at the two beasts and uh, the, the, these beasts, there, there was power and there was, uh, uh, there was victory that they were having, but they are not completely victorious. The Lord is victorious. And because he's our savior, we're victorious. And that's a blessing. So the sight of the, the uh, singers, the Lord is victorious, not the beast. The Lord is going to set up his kingdom down here. Uh, so, so we see the, the, the uh, uh, savior of the singers. We see the sight of these singers, these 144,000. Uh, we see the sum of the singers, uh, the amount of people that are going to be a part of this. Uh, I look and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion and with him an 144,000. Uh, and you know what? That is going to be a huge choir. 
Have you ever been to a conference where there was just a bunch of preachers and they sing? Let me tell you that there is some, there's something about it. You, you, get, you get a conference uh, filled with people that, that, that are singers. Now, I didn't say it was going to be when you get a bunch of preachers together, it sounds good, but it's loud. I'll promise you that. Uh, but this, this one, these 144,000, these are preachers. But yet they're going to sing. And let me tell you, you talk about a choir. That's going to be an amazing choir. That's going to be, uh, that's going to be a choir. This is a, this is a heavenly choir. These, this choir is going to sing. Uh, this choir is not just going to be mumbling words. Can you imagine the worship that's going to come? I mean, it's just going to be an amazing thing. I can't wait to hear the melody. I can't, I can't wait to hear the harmony. I can't wait to uh, experience and see that, uh, that worship that is going to be brought because of the, the voices just singing out. Uh, it's not just going to be words. It is going to be worship. You know what? We need, to get, we need to be practicing. We get to heaven, we're going to sing. Maybe we'll have a good voice when we get there. Some of you are already on that uh, line. You already have that good voice. Uh, others of us, we're waiting for, uh, for heaven. We'll get a glorious voice. And until then, we're just going to make a joyful noise. But let's make a joyful noise. And here we see this choir. Uh, it is going to be an amazing choir, the praise, the worship. Uh, then we can see uh, the seal on these singers. The seal. Look at verse 1. It says, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Now notice here, having his, his, the lambs. So these that are there, they have the Lamb's Father's name written in their forehead. It's a seal. They are sealed. Think about that ownership. You know what? We don't have a seal on our forehead, but we have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we are sealed until the day of redemption. Praise the Lord. But these are going to have a seal. It's going to be on their forehead, uh, having a fa his father's name written in their foreheads. Uh, so uh, we, we see this, uh, the sum of the singers. Uh, we see the seal of the, the, uh, uh, of the father that's on these singers. Uh, the uh, belonging, that seal, the sense of belonging, the sense of possession, the, the sense of protection. You know what? God is protecting us all the time. Even when injury comes. We think protection means that nothing ever happens. Did the father protect his son? Absolutely. You know, God's, God's protection is always there. He's always there. 
see, we just have to trust what protection really looks like. Is it our idea of protection? Or is it his? I know what my idea of protection looks like. Yeah, not just the 45, but... But I I know what I feel like that protection would look like. But God God is faithful. He said, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, amen. He's always with us. You know what? We've got we to grab a hold of that. Are we awake tonight? We've got to grab a hold of that because God is with us. He is, he is always there. He, he never leaves us. Uh, these these 144,000, uh, there's the belonging. That, that seal was there, that protection, that provision that was there. So we see the seal of these singers. Look at verse number two. He says, and I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as a voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of the harpers harping with their harps. So now we have the sound of the singers. So now there's sound. Uh, and, uh, but with that, the sound was, the sound here was not of the voice of the choir, but the voice of the father. He said, I heard a voice from heaven. You know, God's voice can still speak. You know, when he spoke in Genesis, he brought worlds into existence. He spoke and preserved his word for us. But the Lord Jesus Christ, John 1, he is the word. And he's not dead, he's alive. You know what, he still speaks. But does he speak to us? As a parent, have you ever, well, all of us, whether as a parent we've said it or as a a, a child we heard it, are you listening to me? Did you hear what I just said? If you're a man, you've heard that from your wife. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard you. What did you just, what did you hear me say? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, and then you get in trouble. But you know, sometimes God is always speaking whether or not we are hearing, whether we are listening. And here I heard John saying, I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of great thunder. So this, this sound, this voice from heaven uh, was, a, was the voice of God. Then, then look here, we see the strings, the strings of the singers. And I heard the voice of the harpers harping with their harps. Now notice here, there was a voice of the harpers harping. It wasn't the voice of the harpers. It was the voice that came from what the harpers were harping. The music was a voice. 
And we've gone through that before in Psalms where you look and you can see how the, the strings, how they speak. And it is a voice. And the trumpets, the voice of the trumpets, it wasn't, uh, I played trumpet. And you know what? When you're playing the trumpet, you aren't saying anything. Your mouth is tied up with that trumpet. But the trumpet is bringing forth noise. And when it comes to praise with God, those, those instruments, the orchestra that comes up here and they are playing, whether it's the clarinet or the violins or the cello that hasn't been here for a while, uh, uh, the other instruments that are there, uh, the pianos, what are they? They are all voices of worship. You know, what God does, what God wants, it's amazing how we can praise him. We can praise him with our voice, but you can praise him with a guitar. You can praise him with the violin. You can praise him with these instruments. Uh, they are voices of praise. And so uh, these strings, uh, they were uh, the voices of these harpers who were harping. They're harping. And as they are doing so, the music, the, the voice of that, uh, of that instrument is bringing praise to the Lord. The stringed instruments were the expression of their voices. Then we can see the song. Look at verse 3. And they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the beast and the elders, and no man could learn the song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. This is a new song, a new song. But you know what? God puts a new song in our mouth. And uh, take your Bible, go to Psalm 40. I'm watching the clock, so don't worry about it. Uh, so I'll watch it so you don't have to. Uh, Psalm 40. Uh, look with me at verse number 3. Psalm 40 and verse 3. The Bible says, And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Uh, that song, he puts a new song in our mouth. Aren't you glad God put a new song in your mouth? Amen. You know what? The song he put in my mouth is not uh, Led Zeppelin and ACDC and Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, those songs, uh, those songs are gone. He put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Amen. Amen. The old songs praise the devil. The old songs praise sin. Listen to the lyrics. You know I'm telling the truth. I got saved, and when I got saved, if you walked into my bedroom, all you saw was rock posters. You couldn't see the walls. It was just covered. Music was playing all the time. I came to church, and it was like, man, that stuff called music there, I didn't like it. But you know what? The Holy Spirit kept convicting me about that other music. And it took a while. But pretty soon, Holy Spirit got me to, to recognize that it was the devil's music. And I got one of those, those uh, uh, grocery bags, a big paper grocery bag. And I 
filled all my music in there. I ripped all those posters down. I took that bag of cassettes down to the church, and on a Friday night, we had a burn barrel. And I burned them, got rid of them. I've had people say, oh, you should have sold them. Why am I going to take something that's evil and then hand it to somebody else? If I got convicted about it, I'm not handing it off. So got rid of all that. And you know what? God put a new song in my mouth. So thankful for that. Psalm 144, verse 9. Psalm 144. And verse number 9. He says, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. Notice the instruments, not just the voice, but also the instruments are singing praise unto him. Uh, look at Psalm 149, verse number 1. 149.1, just a couple chapters over. Psalm 149.1, praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and his, and his praise in the congregation of the saints. Uh, God's people gather together, we're supposed to sing praise to God. Amen. That's you, including you. Well, I don't sing good or I'm embarrassed. Sing praise to God. Amen. Well, nobody else will like it. Who cares? Sing to God. Isaiah 42.10, sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise from the ends of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof. Just a new song over and over and over again. God's people should have a new song. The old songs are gone. New songs. He puts a new song in our mouth. The, that song was a song of the redeemed. A song of the redeemed. Uh, so look again, back in Revelation verse th uh, 14, 3. It says, uh, And no man could learn that song but the 140 and 4,000 which were redeemed from the earth. So that was a song of the redeemed. No man could learn. And I, and I believe that the teaching here isn't that nobody else had the ability to learn this, the old man can't sing the new song. You know who can sing a new song? The redeemed. The redeemed can sing the new song. And, and here, uh, that, that song, uh, only the new man can sing that song. The redeemed here, Psalm 107, 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You know what? If you're saved tonight, he has redeemed you. He has bought you back from the hand of the enemy. You were in chains. You were in bondage. And without the redeeming touch of God, you would still be bound. I would still be bound. So we see the song of the redeemed. Uh, verse number three, uh, we see the sanctification of these singers. Uh, it says, and they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders and no man could learn that song but the 140 and 4,000 which were redeemed from the earth. And these are they which were not defiled with women for they are virgins. These are they which follow the lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men being first fruit 
fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Now think about this. This great choir, 144,000. This great choir was a choir that was clean. The Bible talks about, he says that they were virgins. They were not defiled with women. You know, purity, moral purity, is something God values. He values it today. Moral purity is something that should be the normal for Christians. Morality. Purity. This choir, you have 144,000 men, grown men, who are virgins. Amen. They kept themselves pure. You know that ought to still be the case? Moral purity is important. God values it. He didn't put this in here for no reason at all. It wasn't that the Lord said, you know what, this report is going to, I have to have 500,000 words in this report, and so I got to keep on adding words. When I was teaching at the college, uh, some of the reports uh, I would give out, I would give the amount of words that needed to be on that, in that report. And sometimes they would just start getting real wordy, not saying anything at all, just keep adding all these words in. You know what? God didn't do that. He knew what he was saying. He put in only what he wanted there. there this choir, it was a pure choir. You know what? Uh, when, when people are going to stand up and sing the praises of God, we ought, we ought to be able to be pure. Morally pure. It's important. Cleanness. Uh, we see the consecration. He said, these are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. They were consecrated to God. It wasn't just they were flippant in their service. Wherever he went, that's where they were going to go. Where he leads me, I'll follow. You know, as a child of God, do we want to go where he wants us to go? It shouldn't be that we have to be pushed. You know, I am all for motivating people to serve the Lord, but I can't be everybody's cheerleader. At some point, we got we to gotta realize, hey, this is my responsibility. This is my opportunity to serve God. And I'm going to serve the Lord. Paul said, whether I'm present with you or absent, you know, we, we should do what's right because it's right to do. 
So we see that cleanness, we see the consecration, we see the conversion. These were redeemed from among men. We see the communication. In their mouth there was found no guile. The word guile there is the Greek word uh, doslos, and it means treachery, deceit, craftiness, trickery, slyness. There was no guile that was there uh, in their mouth. And then we see commendation. It says, uh, they are without fault before the throne of God. You know what? These were some special people. You know, if I'm going to try to identify with somebody, I want to identify with somebody that is doing what they're supposed to do. I want to I want to come along people that are up here. Why? Because they motivate me. They, they encourage me to do more for the Savior. You know, if, we're, if we are only around people that are just right on the edge all the time, we're not going to have real passion for the Savior. You know what we, you know what we need to be? We need to be just like these guys right here. God pointed them out. He elevated them up. He was saying, these are some people that you can look to for some, for, as a mentor. You can look at them and see what I value. And this is, this is so important. So uh, we see the summary in this chapter, and we just got to the first five verses of what is getting ready to come uh, in the future. But as we, we look at this, uh, may our praise be praise unto God. Uh, may our, our hearts be consecrated. May we be holy. May we, we have a desire just to serve the Lord with everything we have. And in doing so, we will not regret it. You know, nobody gets to the end of their life having served Christ, saying, you know what? I should have just had more fun. Nobody gets to the end of their life and says, you know what? I wish I wouldn't have been in church. I think I should have just made more money. But I've been on the bedside of people that said, I wish I'd have served him more. I was at the bedside of a man, and he was a contractor, successful man, made a lot of money. He and his wife were, just lived right around, down the street from us. He had four kids. He gave them everything. But his adult kids never came to see him. He and his wife, right, right up the end of their life, he said, I work too much. He said, now I can't work. I work so much to give my kids everything, and now I can't work, and... My kids won't even call me. You know, we, we sometimes, it's easy to get our priorities out of, out of whack. You know, when we serve the Savior, 
we'll never look back on it with regret. One day we're going to see him. Let's, let's serve him until we see him. Let's just, let's just do what we can for him. Hey, you know what? Serving the Lord is fun. I'm not missing anything. It's a blessing. There's fulfillment in serving the Lord. So let's serve him. One day we get to heaven, we're going to serve him. So let's serve him now. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. And now, Lord, as we come to the end of this service, I pray that our minds, our hearts, uh, Lord, would just be not only uh, receptive to what has been taught, but, Lord, also uh, responsive. Help us, Lord, not to just uh, take it in. Lord, help us to do something about it. And Lord, I don't know uh, what you put your finger on in each and every person's life and heart. All of us are different. We have different needs. And, and Lord, we're at different stages in our, in our walk. But I pray that you would help us uh, to be faithful to you. Help us to grow in our faith, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Let's stand together. We'll have a short invitation. Lord spoke to your heart tonight. I don't know what your need is. I don't know what he put his finger on. But if you put his finger on something in your life, how about you come to the altar and talk to him about that? Maybe you're here tonight, you don't know Christ as your personal savior. Let me encourage you to come. We'll have someone take the Bible. But Frank, if you'll go down. Uh, we'll have someone take the Bible and show you what God has to say about you going to heaven. Let's, let's just follow what he would want us to do. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.